The Welcome to the Show podcast is independently produced by me, CT, and Manny Gomez. Help people find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Thank you. What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast. This is the part where I usually say that we're brought to you by Audible. But you sons of bitches, click on it so you don't sign up. So, fuck it. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. CT. <laughs> What's up? What's going on? What was that? I don't know. What's up, Manny? I'm good, man. So this, uh, just real quick, I brought the energy last week. I'm going to try to bring some energy again this weekend. The Yankees take two out of three from the Dodgers, a World Series preview. Let's take number 28. Let's go, Yankees. Woo! Hey, here we go, here we go, here we go. Red Sox 15 games back. <laughs> Let me check what the number really is. We are 16, ooh, 15 games back. Let's go. Woo. One down, baby, since the last time we spoke. Sweet Caroline. What's the wild Watch card? Out. How far back are you on the wild, in the wild card? Six games. Shawty? That's doable. You could do that. Hey, yeah, man, we need the A's. Thanks for getting swept by the A's, by the way. Freaking bastards. The Yankees can't get it done. They definitely lost think- that number. Man. Do you think that was on purpose? Yeah. I think there was some purposeness. I think there was some purposeness to it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a win-win for the Yankees, man. They 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 Oakland has a better chance of making it to the wild card, which the Yankees own in the wild card. Mm-hmm. Or in general. And that game is gonna be played. It really doesn't matter actually, because the Yankees are gonna play that series at home, most likely. So Yeah. Well it really doesn't matter. Currently, the Astros and the Yankees are tied for the best record in baseball. If it continues, then the American League will have home field advantage. I, I can't. How does it work? Is it, is it? It's by the team now, right? Like it, it went to the All Star game that was taken away. So whoever has the best record gets home field advantage, right? Or is it just given to the league? Uh, I think it's given to the best record because the, all they talked about this weekend between the Yankees and the Dodgers was like, this game is important. You know, they want this game seven to be played in uh, Yankee Stadium or whatever. So I, yeah. I think it's best record. Okay. But um, w- would you rather, let's say you were the Yankees last year going into the wild card. Oh, no, actually, I don't know how to phrase this question. But would you rather face the better team in the playoffs in the five game division series? Or would you rather face the better team in the seven-game series? I'd rather face the team, like, I'd rather I'd rather face the team who's not coming into the postseason red hot. That seems to, like, not be losing anything. I don't know okay, if that makes so, sense. So would you rather face that team in the first round or in the second round? Um, I'd rather face them in the second round because mm. – I want to give somebody else a chance to eliminate that team. And if that team can't get the job done, I want to give myself as many opportunities as possible to eliminate that team. Nice. I I literally just pulled that out of my ass right now, and I'm kind of impressed. I'm not going to lie to you. That makes sense. That makes total sense. It makes so much sense that that's my answer. Thank you. If somebody were to ask me. If somebody were to ask me that. Um, Currently, the two wildcard teams are the Indians and the Oakland A's. So, if the Yankees were to face one of those two teams, I if you know as a separate question, I think I would rather face. I don't know, man, because the Indians don't have pitching, and p- you need pitching in the postseason. So I think they match up better with the Yankees, and the A's. You would think they don't have pitching, but Mark Fires has been pitching pretty good. 
Sean Manai is about to come off the DL, and he I think he just tossed a gem in, in the in the minors. I think he struck out like twelve wow. hitters or something. Um, they have a good bullpen. Um, Wait a second, Sean Manai is going to come back? I believe and so. Be a starter. I believe. So, because I was so, going to pick you, him up, and then an arch rival in our league was ahead of that. that do you think it's kind of Do you think it's kind of BS that guys like Severino will come back, but they won't have enough time to build him up to be a starter? I think it is kind of BS. By the same token, I think the Yankees have a lot of starters. Maybe not starters that you feel so confident in, but. Like I was saying in the in the in the at the trade deadline that if the Yankees don't go after a starter that they should maybe they should add another arm and just continue beefing up that bullpen because you could just shorten the game for for a pitcher. Um, so you roll CC out there for a game five or whatever, and he hits a seventy five pitches by the fourth inning. You have a lot of options. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, you think? I guess I, I guess I want to see what Severino we're gonna get first. Do you think we're seeing CC in the playoffs? I don't know, man. He's been so bad lately that I, I almost wish that he would just say, you know, or maybe that he could come to the Yankees and come to an agreement where he could be some sort of bench coach or some shit like that. Because I think his presence is important on the field and in the clubhouse. I want him to stay there. I don't want him to just walk away from the game like like A-Rod did. Um, although I think he was forced into it. That's a different topic for another day. He was definitely he was definitely forced into it. We should get into it another day. And I, I know the perfect day to get into it. Ooh. For the future. What? Ooh. Okay. Um... But yeah, I think I don't know, man. He's he hasn't been good lately, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could per- I could totally see Indians and the Yankees facing off in the ALDS, and like getting down to a game five and CC having to make that start in mm. Cleveland. But that one wouldn't be the game five in Cleveland. Game four in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I could see but, it happening. That seems like a thirty percent type of thing. Yeah, going on there. We'll see. Speaking of 30% types of things, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. We Well, not really that much stuff, but maybe. Who knows? Anyway, um, in the baseball side, there's a couple stories we have. We have the players, weekend jerseys, the Aaron, Aaron Judge story, and Trevor Bauer. Uh, for the NBA, the Lakers signed Dwight Howard. What idiots. And in the NFL, I want to touch on Daniel Jones with the Giants and Andrew Luck retiring. Let's start, since you mentioned the 30%, let's start with the Aaron Judge story really quick. Yesterday, it came out that he... It's all good. That he promised the fan that he would hit a home run for him uh, in the in the in in the game against the Dodgers last night. This is this is this is the the audio of that. So it sounded like a lot of nothing there, but at, at the end there, if you really listen closely, he says to the guy, it's like an older man. He says, "I'll hit I'll hit one for you tonight." All right. And, of course, what happens in the third inning against Clayton Kershaw, he drives one into the right center field bleachers and hits a home run. It was the 99th home run for of his career. And it got me to think, is there a conspiracy theory in baseball? Because how many for times moments, you, for people For people to cry, yeah. Moments like that. But I feel like we hear stories like this almost every season where a player yeah, promises man. a kid that he's going to hit a home run or somebody and then he does it. Yeah, and it's it's not just I mean those moments I, I'm kind of kind of hard to remember off the top of my head, but when I just think about like D Gordon hitting a home run for you know after he pays his at bat tribute to like Jose Fernandez, oh right, yeah, <clears throat> or when I think about like I don't know man, there's just so many examples of moments like Mike Piazza hitting home run after nine eleven, yep. a go ahead home run I believe it was. 
stuff like that and Jeter walk off in his last at bat. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a little bit too the Tyler Skaggs no hitter, all the little things that were found out about that. There's definitely it's definitely out there, man. It's just yeah. entertainment at the end of the day for us. We eat it up. We do eat it up. But it, it was crazy because his first at bat, he crushed one, and I thought it was going to go out. And, and I saw that, yeah. The whole time I was feeling like he's going to hit this homer. When I saw that story come out, I was like, he's going to hit one tonight. And But then I was thinking, too, could it just be that he's – he does a player know when he's starting to feel hot? Because in this past week, Judge hit, I think, five or four or five home runs. He hit a home run in every game this series in, in L.A., um, could it have been that he just felt like I'm hot right now? Like I'm, I'm going to be hitting everything out of the park. And he just felt so confident that he just dropped that out there. You know what I mean? No, I mean, that's, def- I think that's definitely part of it, but I just, what, what would happen if like Clayton Kershaw walked him, intentionally walked him after every at bat of that game, you know? And Good he call. promised this to an older guy or, or a kid. It was an old man. It was an old man oh, in a okay. wheelchair. It seemed like he knew the old man because, they were ex- exchanging pleasantries, and Judge said to him, like, I missed you when we were out in L.A. against the Angels. I didn't see you there. And uh, it seemed like he knew this guy. It was an older man with a Yankees cap. He was in a wheelchair. Um, so, yeah. Here's the cons- here's the conspiracy. They actually filmed that when they got to L.A. on um, Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was, when he was taking BP for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're definitely going to drop this on Sunday. Hold up, he did he really, or is this you just making this up right now? I'm making this up, but oh. I'm saying that's the conspiracy. They have all these things filmed throughout the, you know, throughout the season. You know, that's that's going really deep into the conspiracy <laughs> world, man. This is like, and also that you know, I just I'll 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 just blow up my theory right now because he hit a home run in the first game. So why didn't they play it after the first game? Good point. Right? Be- oh, because it was Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Yeah, they needed a rod there to break that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a rod, going off on a tangent here, how do you feel about him as an announcer? Uh, I kind of hate when he gives me such an analytical answer to something, because mm-hmm. I I don't like that stuff to begin with. Like he's comparing Aaron Judge's like two stances side by side, drawing a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, straight lines in one and then crooked lines in the other one. I don't know. He's trying and to John I, Madden, John Madden the game. <clears throat> yeah, like I'm good with that every once in a while or maybe like a post game thing. But during the game, man, like I just need somebody to speak on what's going on in the game and keep it moving. So I, and the, I, do you ever yeah, notice real quick? Do you ever notice the awkward silence after every time he speaks? It's yeah. like they don't know how they don't know how to like flow in in a sense. Yeah. I don't know if it's a rod or if it's just a cast. But I so, love Matt Vasgersian. Yeah, I like Matty V too. And what I was just gonna say is that I feel like, and I like a rod. I think he's good at his job. I think that he he needs to. So I, I'm a Yankee fan. So I'm gonna sound like a total, you know, like I'm a homer, which I am. But whatever. Like I I personally I like the input that David Cohn and Paul O'Neill puts into games. Like Paul O'Neill reminds me kind of a uh, Phil Rizzuto back in the day where he, he's kind of just like comedy. Like it seems like he's just enjoying life and he'll just drop a nugget here and there. David Cohn analyzes the game, but I feel like he knows when to step back and let Michael K call the game or Ryan Ruko or whoever's calling the game at the time with the Sunday night baseball crew. I feel like A-Rod hogs, hogs the microphone too much sometimes. Like, I feel like he's talking too much sometimes. And I just want him to be like, all right, I just want to be like, shut up for a minute. Let Matt Viscursion call the game. And then you could drop in your, anal- your, your, your analysis of what just went down. 
Um, I don't know if you get that. And I feel like I don't hear Jessica Mendoza too much. Maybe a three-man crew doesn't work so well. Uh, I don't think Era talks too much. I just think that he is confined, like in his brain, he's confined into speaking of what he's there for. He's there to give you the insides of the game that Matt Vaskersian and, and Jessica Mendoza can't do because they didn't play. So he's there to give you like the play-by-play breakdown, which is cool and everything like that. But I, I also don't think that he just needs to be like a robot and just every, anything that happens in that game, he has to take it to the point of like, hey, he's using that oak red maple. That That's the hardest wood in, uh, yeah. in Alaska. And he, you know, he, I actually spoke to him before the game. They flew that wood in right before the game and, blah, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, be, go off on it, go off the script sometimes right. and just say something. And, and another thing, too, that I noticed yesterday, we were watching the game here in my house uh, and Ivy, Ivy brought it up like, he can never just take credit for doing something like they played. A, they did a replay of him uh, hitting a home run off of Kershaw, I guess, I like in that. Kershaw's debut. And he's like, ah, I guess I just got lucky and put the bat there. Thank God he threw a strike. I'm like, no, man, like he made he he attacked you. He went after you and you you beat him like whatever, yeah. you know, take credit. Any anybody that's borderline Hall of Fame-ish in Major League like A-Rod cannot get off his knees fast enough, you know, word. Um, and, uh, I gotta disagree with you. By the way, I hate David Cohn. Dude, well, of course you do. Why? Okay, why? I like, I like Paul O'Neill. And we, okay, so why do you like Paul O'Neill and not David Cohn? It's like you said. I feel like Paul O'Neill's comments are kind of funny sometimes, and mm-hmm. and and I feel like the player that at least I think I know in the sense that you view him as like he's like an, a, a Yankee. I feel like he's more of a Yankee than David Cohn. Kind of, you know. Um, he has. Yeah, I, feel I like mean, what, he spent. David, had, David he, he spent the majority of his career with the Yankees. Paul O'Neill. He was with Cincinnati first, and then he went to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas David Cohn was with the Mets, the Blue Jays. He played with the Red Sox. He, I think, he went back to the Mets. Like he spent a lot of time in other places. Um, but I think his formative years. I think if you were to ask David Cohn if he were to make it to the Hall of Fame, which he isn't, I don't think he's even eligible anymore. What cap would you wear to to Cooperstown? I think he would wear a Yankees hat. Like I I see him as a as a Yankee because he was a part of that run when the Yankees were winning World Series, and I think he was a big part of it too. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I, it's like the little comments he makes. It's just like, all right, David Cohn, keep it moving, man. Like there's a baseball game going on. Type <laughs> He's of thing. And, and at first, and at first, I thought it was just me because I thought like. You know, Luigi would always say stuff like, yo, like, stop just stop painting on the Yankees. But now he says, like, I don't even have to say it. David Cohn will be reading, like, the scouting report. It'll be like, last last chance with Mary Jane, guys. Like, look <laughs> at this guy. See, he's Sabathia. He's about to swing. Look at him swinging the bat here. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he gives you, like, the three points to look for during the game. He, and he always comes up with, a, like, a saying or something that's very baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's like, I, I find it annoying, too, when Bill Ripken does, like, his ripkin's playbook thing too. yeah the, the way that bill ripkin annoys you he also annoys me that's how david Cohn annoys me as well too okay just just like, so you're just so you're aware like if it's a really hot day david Cohn would be like it's kind of hot in these rhinos it's 90 <laughs> degrees outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i can't stand it i don't know what it is but see if paul o'neill did i feel like paul o'neill would do it once you might never hear you might not hear him say something like that for like another 10 games or something it's every inning with david Cohn. well yeah and michael k if you listen to the michael k show and i think even during the broadcast now he just says it flat out that 
Paul O'Neill is always eating or doing something not related to what he's supposed to be doing at the time. Um, but I, I love that. I love I love hearing shit like that. And I like David Cohen. So fuck you. How's that? <laughs> well, um, let me just let's take. Oh, excuse me. You, you, I think you asked me. All right, I just came out and said I don't like David Cohen after you gave your take on David Cohen. So I just had to say, you know, a rod over David Cohen for sure. All right, all right. Let's stick to baseball. This past weekend was Players Weekend. Usually a fun thing in baseball. I thought last year, especially, I like the jerseys. I like the caps that they were using. This past weekend, I'm not sure what your opinion is on on. The uniforms that that these players had to wear, the white on white, black on black. I thought it was horrible. Um, a couple of oh, things. Horrible. One pitchers. So if you if you were on the team with the white with the white white on white jersey, the home team, pitchers couldn't wear the white cap, so they had to wear black caps. That's one thing. So like they didn't think about that 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 you know that the ball could get lost in the pitcher's fucking head. So you're putting you you potentially compromise a pitcher's fucking life there. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but anyway, then you have issues like Lester. Uh, Lester refused to wear the black cap when his team was wearing white on white. So then everybody just ended up wearing the Chicago Cubs regular blue cap during that game, which I thought was cool. Um, but in general, you couldn't make out the the team names, the numbers. It was weird. It almost looked like a wedding, like like a you know the man and the wife, the white dress and the black tux. Like to I me, don't know. Yeah, to me, it looked like they were prisoners. Like they were like, it's like the longest yard and they, you know, one is the warden's team. The other ones is like the prisoners. And this is all you're going to see a black T-shirts and black and white T-shirts. And that's it. And, and I hated it so much. And it's like you said, the hat should have been a dead giveaway that this was going to look stupid. Because when do you ever see a pitcher not wear what the other what the team is wearing? You know, right. um, I found it pretty funny. I think it was Kike Hernandez, like completely doused his helmet in like oh, pine tar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, thank God, man. Do something. I would have, I would have, the first thing I would have done is like taking a good slide wearing the white jersey. I would have taken like a good head first slide into second or something and <laughs> just ruined shit. the whole thing. Yeah. I wonder, I, and I don't, I didn't get any takes from players how they felt about the jerseys, except for John Lester, that he refused to wear the black cap. Um, but other than that, I wonder what players thought about it. I know that they try to sp- spice it up a little bit this year more than last year. I noticed that people were wearing uh, custom cleats more than before. I think players are wearing like different custom cleats for each game. Yeah, the cleats um, were nice. Yeah, but then you have guys like Aaron Judge who he looked like he had a leotard on. Like his pants looked like they looked like tights. They didn't look like baseball pants. Like it was just I don't know. I just thought it was a horrible choice. And the hats, like I, I forgot who it was that was pitching. Maybe it was Ryu or something. His hat almost even looked cheap. Like it looked like a cheap yeah. ass. You know what I, didn't I mean? Even, you're right. I didn't even. I couldn't even think of that word, but that's what it looked like. Everything just looks so cheap. Yeah. What was the point of? It's like you said. We they put the names on the back of the jerseys, but we could barely read them. So what was the point of that? Exactly. I, no I've point. watched about I've watched about three highlights throughout the day today of like defensive plays that were made over the weekend, and I can't even tell who the player is. I have to click and read the. I have to read because obviously, if I did read the name. If I saw it from the back and all I did was read the name, how am I supposed to know, you know, Judges was nicknamed B-A-J or something, right. you know? So I still didn't know who the player was. I would have to click and actually read. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, they couldn't even – this was so uncreative and such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And then they ruined – everybody Everybody keeps talking about it. They ruined Yankees versus Dodgers. Yeah, You know, like that 
classic matchup looked stupid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So how do you feel about Players Weekend in general? Uh, I think it, it'd be cool if they... I, I like the cleats and I like the bats. And it would be cool if, if they made it better. But I honestly could care less if they did it or not. You know? I think they I, should be allowed to wear cleats regardless. The cleats like should be the, like a... I yeah. liked it. I liked the jerseys last year. That like white. It was like the white with uh, for the Yankees. It was like the white with that midnight blue. I think the sleeves are midnight blue or whatever. Maybe it was the jersey and that and the sleeves were white, and uh, it just looked a lot better last year. Um, one thing you brought up the bats. I love the bats. The the. Yeah. Uh, I noticed uh, Jose Altuve's bat was was uh, Venezuela. Was the Venezuelan flag. And I can't remember. There was a Dominican player. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Jonathan Villar. He had the 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 thing in the center of the Dominican flag, the Dios Patria Libertad, and it was blue, red, white, and blue, like the Dominican flag. That was really cool. Yeah. I like that too. Why don't they just let these? I mean, there has to be a reason why they don't do this on the regular. It's probably like the same shit last year with the cleats. I forget who was the player that they didn't allow to wear a certain type of cleat. The All the PF Flyers, yeah, PF Flyers, yeah. They can't um, have all black. I don't know. It's stupid. They, they so if dumb. they allowed stuff like this, it would look cooler. I mean, I'm sure there'd have to be like a rules against it. Like you can't just put like a, a specific type of paint that's just gonna chip off everywhere. It probably has to be like a, a an official job has to be done on the bat with designs and stuff. Yeah, but these players can probably afford be. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm I, just wondering why they. You know, they should allow these guys to do that anyways, especially could, with the cleats. I feel like that's one of those things kids are going to want to mimic too like i could see myself as a kid had i seen <clears throat> alex rodriguez or vladimir guerrero step up to the plate with a with a bat with the dominican flag on it i would have tried to imitate that like i would have been looking for that bat you know what i mean um yeah. i thought that was really cool uh but yeah they they fucked up with the white on white black on black i can't even imagine what it must have been like for the announcers like if you had some unknown player like the Yankees have a ton of unknown players. Like Mike Ford was up, you know, on the field. And I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" It's Mike Ford. I can't tell because I can't see his number. I can't see his name. You know what I mean? He just looks like a a figure in black clothes on the field. By the way, that Mackey, that Yankee magic continues, man. Now Mike Ford is hitting. Like yeah, Jesus man. Christ, man. <sighs> when will Talkman. it end? Mike Talkman looks like he's a real deal. Um, Mike Ford. Uh, Ford. Yeah, Ford's <sighs> killed it in his last like ten games or whatever. Domingo Herman. Mm. Wow. It's amazing. Paxton. Paxton. Wow. Pitched a jet. as of late. Yep. <clears throat> Beat Judge. Ryu. Wow. We could have won that, that game on Saturday too. Should have yeah. swept the should have swept the Dodgers. <sighs> so nice. All right. Trevor Bauer. So this one came up kind of randomly. I I saw the Bauer tweet. And um, I don't know. Anyway, let me just play the sound, and then we'll we'll, we'll try to break it down. Um, here's Trevor Bauer after his horrible outing in Cincinnati. I think it was yesterday. It was very easy coming in. Um, everyone did a really good job of making it accommodating, you know, being accommodating, making it easy uh, for me to make the transition. Uh, the information is great here. The coaching staff's great here. Um, and overall, like, I'm a lot happier here than I was. Sometimes you don't realize like how unhappy you are in a situation until you're out of it, because uh, it's just kind of day-to-day life. And, um, yeah, I miss some of my teammates and stuff, but uh, overall, don't don't really miss a whole lot about about Cleveland. 
And to clarify, Trevor Bauer dropped a tweet uh, by he actually linked in his comments from his from that previous tweet, which came out of Fox Sports Ohio. And in Trevor Bauer's uh, tweet, he said, to be clear, the quote, not a whole lot I miss about Cleveland, uh, end quote, comment was directly related to the situation had just mentioned. I will always hold my love for the city, the fans and most importantly, the great people in Cleveland uh, have a special place in my heart. Uh, so I know. So I I agree with your comments prior to us starting to record that that this is, you know, one of those stories that's that's being hyped up for no reason. But it doesn't it doesn't sound good. And my first impression when I heard it was, oh shit, he's taking a shot at Cleveland. But I don't know if it's that I've, I've been programmed to think that because everything is a story nowadays, or if it's that. <clears throat> Whatever yeah. he did say was actually a shot at, at his old team. So I'm not sure. What what was your take on it? I don't I don't think it was that big of a deal. <clears throat> when what he said, how he said it, I think, and <clears throat> I assume that he meant just the team. Not 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 that he was taking a shot at the team, like we're like we're assuming. But when he said, you know, my just to be clear, the not whole not a whole lot I miss about Cleveland. I did just think of that as him referring to what he was speaking on you know like i didn't think it was talking about the city or the organization or whatever maybe the organization but how how do we know he's not referring to a sense of kind of like being in cleveland like we we've been in contention all my years that i was there i had a lot of success to begin with i wasn't experiencing that success this year around like he was still he was walking a lot of guys but he was still striking out a lot of guys and still you know i a lot of teams would love to have him on on their on their roster but maybe him getting traded to Cincinnati, like all of a sudden humbled him a little bit. And now now he knows what it is to be, you know, to be happy or something. Yeah. Maybe what he thought was happy before him realizing that him being in Cleveland wasn't happy for him now that he has Cincinnati to compare. Because now he's, you know, he's humbled himself. He's not like this trying to make a business out of baseball type of guy, you know, taking so- shots at Alex Bregman type of thing. So are you, so you're seeing that that, and maybe maybe I'm interpreting what you said wrong. But are you seeing that there was too much pressure in Cleveland, and maybe he's appreciating being in a situation now where maybe there's not so much scrutiny and criticisms and stuff like that. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying pressure. I'm saying him getting him being Trevor Bauer, who I think I, the way I view Trevor Bauer in the league is that he's one of the better players in the league, one of the better talents in the league. Mm-hmm. And he also has, he's had like his controversy with the whole not being able to pitch with his cut in his arm and then taking a shot right. at the Astros and then accusing the Astros of cheating. You know, he has like that whole kind of history going on. Yeah. yeah. And so he's, he's more of like one of the, he's one of the more popular outspoken players in MLB, right? Definitely. For him, for him to go from Cleveland, which isn't even like the craziest market when it comes to sport to begin with, uh, for him to get traded to Cincinnati, maybe that whole thing humbled him in, in his in his own mind. Like now he's come back down to earth a little bit. Maybe now he realized like, holy shit, like I was acting like an idiot before. Yeah, you I know, guess so. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, and I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying like I can see why how he can say something like that and still not be taking shots. Maybe he's more taking shots at himself. Or okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm a little surprised by his performance this season, though. Um, and and like his his strikeouts are good. He's gonna he's gonna uh, set a career high in strikeouts again this year. 
Um, but he's giving up a lot of home runs this year. After the season that he had last year, he had the best FIP in baseball. Uh, this year, his ERA and his FIP are both high. His WHIP is high, and he's given up 26 home runs already, which is the most he's ever given up in in a season <clears throat> in his entire career. In his five starts in Cincinnati, you'd think that moving to the to the NL, he'd perform a little bit better. In his five starts in Cincinnati, he's one in three with a seven six two ERA. It's insane what's yeah. going on there. Um, so it makes me wonder if he's maybe you're right, and I I didn't think of it, I didn't take it that way. Maybe. He was going through a little something, and and uh, and he's appreciating. He's you know he's beating himself up, and it's not taking a shot at somebody else. Yeah, and and we don't, we we can't just think that he was things were so bad in Cleveland that he's taking shots at the organization. You know, or maybe if he's taking a shot, it's because of the way they traded him. Maybe after being with Cleveland for so long, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's taking a shot and saying like, you know this organization sucks you were with them for let's see he was there from 22 till this year he's 28 mm-hmm. that's a long time to be with a team for us to never hear things about like him you know him and the organization his him and his relationship with the organization so if he is taking a shot it's because of the way they traded him i doubt that he's saying anything about the city or like the history of the organization and all that stuff and and again maybe it's just him saying like you know i now i realized i was acting like an idiot like I flung a ball over the center field. Yeah. For no that reason. Too. Do you think that that was like a reaction about himself? Believe, or do you think he was like, I'm, I'm fucking done. Like, I'm going to get traded. Fuck this. Like, I'm just I believe. Yeah, I believe that he This is what I think. I think he flung that over the wall knowing that he was getting traded. Like, he must have heard it while he was in the dugout or something. Mm. Crazy. Or rumors, you know, rumors spoiling around. Because why would he do that? And the rumors had been going around since the beginning of the season. They were talking about trading him and Corey Kluber before the season even started. Um, yeah. And now you're hearing rumors that the Indians might be shopping Francisco Lindor in the offseason. And I think it was the Indians also, the Indians owner, who said something to the effect of, like, like enjoy he's not going to... still here. Yeah, enjoy them while he's still here and, and making all these comments and shit. And, um, yeah. That to me, that's crazy. You you have a core in this team. Even when they let Carlos Santana walk to the Phillies, they ended up getting him back. But he was, you know, a legit player. A Cleveland Indians. I think he he had spent his entire career there prior to being traded to the to the Phillies. Again, I know he's back now. But why would you why would you even consider trading a Trevor Bauer, who's he seems like he could be a franchise pitcher? Cleveland seems like the perfect situation for a pitcher like him. Corey Kluber has been one of the best pitchers you know, in a generation. Francisco Lindor is like one of the most likable, an elite shortstop. He's still young. And you're considering trading these guys like for what? It doesn't make any sense to me. Hot um, take. So I don't know. I, I, I got, uh, I I got a hot I, take. That, that fucking, that franchise baffles me. Give me your hot take. The Astros sign Francisco Lindor and trade away Carlos Correa. Oof. To the, to the Indians. Wow. Carlos Correa, by the way, what's what's your take on this guy, man? I think he's amazing. He's an amazing ball player, but it looks like this injury is gonna is, his injury history is gonna be a common thing. I think it's just gonna be one of those Troy Tulowitzki situations. It seems like he's always hurt, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I'm pretty sure that Edgar Martinez uh, started his career similarly like that, where he was always hurt. And he turned out to be a full-time DH. But this, I mean, can you imagine Francisco Lindor being a full-time DH? You mean Carlos Correa? 
Carlos Correa. Sorry, my bad. My yeah, bad. Um, sorry. Yeah, no, it's crazy because because he's he's a really good fielder too. Like he's a legit elite shortstop. But um, I mean, if that's what it has to come to, man. <laughs> yeah. By the way, his, 19- hitting, his hitting is is ridiculous, man. Like he already has 19 home runs this season. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. In 72 games, 19 home runs this season. Um, he was gonna definitely set a career high had he been playing yeah. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And he's slugging 556 career high. His on base is 358. He has a 914 OPS. Um, yeah, it's it's almost, like I feel bad when I hear stories like this about a player that gets injured over and over and over and over again. Um, I feel bad for them. And and Aaron Judge is another one of these players to, to dial it back. He's he was getting like I, I listened to to sports radio last week, and some some people were even throwing out the idea of trading Aaron Judge or. You know, like this kid is a bust. He's a one-hit wonder. This, this, and that. He got hit by a pitch in his hand. He fractured his hand last year. He missed two months. How is that an Aaron Judge problem? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The the oblique, I understand. Broken hand. So he missed two months in two consecutive years. Um, one of them, the oblique injury. I can I can understand that. Maybe it's his body type. Maybe he's too big, too strong, or maybe it was just a freak accident. But the broken hand. Like, how are you going to put this on this guy? Come on. And when he's on the yeah. field, maybe he's not mashing as many home runs as he was in his rookie season, but he's still like an for, for what you're paying this guy, he's still an important commodity that I think any team in baseball would be happy to have. So um, you would never you would never be open to trading Aaron Judge. I I would never take that anything like that off the table. I'd have to see what I want back in return, but I think the thing with Aaron Judge is that he's such a they tried to make him the face of baseball. They're putting him in the cover of, of of video games. He has commercials with Pepsi. He has the judges' chambers in right field. They try so hard to make this guy out to be like the Ken Griffey Jr. of our generation. Um, and then when there's times where he's not hitting home runs and not driving in runs, the stuff that from the outside looks pretty and looks good and it looks like he's playing well, that he's not doing those things, People start shitting on him, but they, when you delve in deeper, even when he's having a bad month, when he's hitting 134 or whatever he was over the last two or three weeks and not hitting home runs, he's, he was still having a 400 on base. He was still making pitchers throw a shitload of pitches. He was still scoring a lot of runs. Like He was still doing things to help your team in other areas, but that that gets overlooked. They just want to see bombs from this guy. That's it. Um, I, personally, I personally think the guy's overrated, man. You think he's overrated, really? No, I'm kidding. I I I don't want to get into a whole like <laughs> back and forth with you. I, I don't think he's overrated. I think judges. I think judges is a beast. I'm just a little disappointed. I drafted him in in fantasy baseball. I'm never gonna get over that. Um, you shouldn't. And and I I'm with you. And we've said this in the last two consecutive episodes. He's not a good fantasy draft pick because he's gonna yet. strike out a ton and yeah. he goes on horrible his, slumps. His strikeouts have to be down this year at the pace that he was striking out. I don't think previously, so. I think it is. It has to be. He has 102 strikeouts and 75 at bats, whereas Ooh, last year <laughs> he had 152 strikeouts and 112 at bats. But that's the thing is that you get that impression. Even last year, everybody said, "Oh, I like the adjustments that Judge is making. He's not just swinging for the fences. He's trying to slap the ball. He's hitting better for contact. This, this, and that." The fact of the matter is, his strikeout rate has stayed consistent throughout his, his career. He's just, he's you know, it just appears. That's the thing. In baseball, appearances aren't always true. You know what I mean? Like, Let me ask you something. Are we ever going to see what he put up his rookie year? 
like the when he run when he won the rookie of the year. Are we ever going to see that type of production again from Judge? What do you think? I, I think honest? if you give him a full season, I think he's a forty home run hitter, hundred RBI hitter. I think he's going to always have a high on base, and you know, but is he a fifty two home run hitter? Year in and year out, type of type of guy, maybe not. But how many players are? How many players can do that every single year? I would think, I would think Judge is that type. I mean, I would hope to think that he is the fifty home run type of hitter. When we got guys like Christian Yelich and Trout possibly headed towards fifty, and Bellinger, yeah. I put Judge right up there with as a better home run hitter than those guys. Like yeah. he should be able to hit more runs. His, his, he has. He has the hand-eye coordination to work walks and get pitches. He doesn't swing at anything bad. He doesn't chase. And then he has like this brute strength with the combination of the juice balls. I would like to think that Judge is a 50 home run type of season guy. How many players in baseball history are 50 home run hitters year in and year out? Judge. Stanton. No, not year, oh, year in and year out. No, no, not that many. But that's why I was asking. Do you think we're ever going to see this type of production again? I think we will. I think you, we'll see it again. Think, I don't think I don't think you'll see it consistently. I think he, had judge. Like, I think had judgment had been healthy this year. Had the had the oblique not happened, I think he'd have a ton more home runs, especially with these juice baseballs. He, he's hit one. He's hit one home run to his pull side. One the entire year. That t- that tells you something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not by accident. Yep. In my opinion, I cut you off. You were saying something about Correa before. Uh, I completely forgot what I was saying about Carlos Correa, except that. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. We never looked into that whole rib injury with him getting a massage, right? Oh, right. Like we I don't know any details about that. People have kept that on people must have kept it on the wraps pretty good. Hmm. But like what could have possibly like I wonder if he went to the orchids of Asia. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is that? That's <laughs> that was that massage place that that uh um, Chris Tucker and what the fuck is his name? No, the guy, uh, the uh, owner Kraft, Robert Kraft. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he got a happy ending and it was too rough. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe the ending was so happy that caused him to contort his body like in a, in a certain way that he just like pulled his muscles in his uh, abdomen. Exactly, exactly, man. But yeah, he was and, just and, like. <laughs> By the way, uh, his his most recent injury he's in the he's in the IL now because uh, because of back a uh, back discomfort, um, and prior to that it was a fractured rib, which they're saying he got from the massage. Uh, did Carlos Correa ever sign? No, he's still playing on a rookie contract. I would take this opportunity from as the Astros and extend them for cheap for cheaper. Yeah. That's not a that's not a bad that's a hot take right there. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, man. Like I could picture Carlos Correa signing for you know what? Let me just confirm. That yeah, because I'm still looking I'm seeing that he's making like five million dollars this year. And I'm pretty sure is he arbitration eligible? Like how is he making that much money already? He must be arbitration eligible. Oh yeah. He got an, an, an arbitration, first year of arbitration, he got five million dollars last year. Um, so yeah. yeah, they uh, yeah. What, so what would you say? What would you give them at this point? What kind of risk would you take? Uh, Twelve million dollars a year for what? Ten? Yeah. Damn. Nah, he would never sign that. It'd have know. to be like a four-year deal ish type of thing. Maybe fourteen, thirteen million. 
It'd have to be higher than what was it that Acuna signed for? I think like twelve million dollars a year. God, man, the Braves, man, they fucking they fleeced his ass. Holy shit! He signed through twenty twenty six, eight years, hundred million dollars. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! Do you think you, do you think you'll hit forty forty this year? Hmm. If he doesn't do it, it'd be because of his stolen bases. He only um, has 30 for the whole season. Yeah. I mean, 10 stolen bases. He would have to – I would like to see him get these out of the way. Like, would you – I don't know about you, man. I I know players aren't supposed to think of things like this, but I would be aiming for that 44. Hell yeah. I feel like that's I was, such a cool I was just thinking accomplishment. That. Yeah. I, I mean, would definitely many play, try to how – How many players have done it? A-Rod? Um, Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco. Barry Bonds, I think, did it. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, Soriano. Oh, yeah, Alfonso Soriano did it that one year. Yeah, um, for the Yankees. Hell, yeah, son. Yeah, I mean, hell, yeah. If I had the speed, I'd be trying. The thing is, you know, he already got fucking his his coach already benched him one game for, for not hustling. Um, I don't know if I would be ruffling any feathers at this point. That and the Nats are like they're surging. And I know that they have a good lead in the division, a six game lead. But the NL the East has seen a team blow a six-plus game lead in the month of September twice before. It was the New York Mets. But yeah, it's happened recently. So I don't know if, if they're going to want him to be fucking around just to, to for an individual accomplishment. Speaking of the Nats, man, Juan, Juan Soto's having a better season than last year. Wow, Juan Soto. And he started off slow this year. Yeah. He really did. Like, he kind of, nobody really talks about him, but this guy's a beast, man. He's like, a monster, man. He's a monster. And the Nats, the Nats are, they have the best run differential in the in the NL East. And I think they have a pretty good lead in the wild card. This is going to be a tough team to beat in the postseason. Max Scherzer followed by Steven Strasburg. Um, that's tough. There is no- Anthony Rendon is fucking amazing this year. Yep. Uh, Trey Turner's a- coming around. Yeah, and Trey Turner is one of those players that even even if he's not what people were projecting him to be, he can beat you on a whole bunch of different levels. He's a good fielder. He's fast. He can hit for contact. He can hit a home run. He could do everything. Yeah. Um, this is a good team. It almost makes you wonder, like, what would they be had they, had they kept Bryce Harper right now? Would they be first in the division? Is he worth six games to this team? Well, I mean, who knows, man, because the Phillies have Bryce Harper and you see what the Phillies are with Bryce Harper. So but then again, Philly doesn't have the pitching that the Nationals do. Um, I would have liked to see Bryce Harper stay on the Nationals. But I'd love him in Philly, too. Yeah. Um, Monster. Yeah, man, I think the Nationals is is very interesting, especially since a lot of people, I think, had him kind of written off to start the season. It makes you wonder all that money. Yeah, that there's another picture that I forgot. That's a, that's a good one, two, three punch right there. Uh, Scherzer, yeah. Strasburg, Corbin. Here's another question: What do the Nats do with Rendon at the end of the season? Because when they were when they weren't in playoff contention prior to the to the All Star break, they were talking about trading him. And yeah, probably the best move that happened this entire season so far is that they didn't do that because I think that he's helped them. Um, I don't think him alone. The whole team is playing well, but he's helped them, you know, tremendously to get to this point. Do you trade off? Do you let Rendon walk away like you let Bryce Harper walk away? 
Damn, man. I don't know. He's having like an MVP season. That and Strasburg, I think, has an opt-out this offseason, too. So if you lose both of those players, you're, you know, you're fucked. And I think Strasburg's definitely opting out. Um, and he's having, I think he's having an underrated season, too. Yeah, he is. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like they're gonna let him walk. Do you think they'll let? Do you think they'll let Rendon walk? Yeah, but I mean, damn, because he, he could he could demand a lot of money. I mean, he look, he's had he finished eleventh in MVP last year, sixth the year before that. In two thousand fourteen, he finished fifth in MVP voting. This year, he might finish third in MVP in voting. Who's yeah. better than him in the National League? Well, yeah, uh, Bellinger and Yelich. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And then jumping over again to Steven Strasburg, he, I think he's lived up to the hype in my mind. Yeah, he has. I'm not going to lie. Especially with the strikeouts. Especially with the strikeouts. He, he has been injury prone. But if you look at his, his baseball reference stat sheet, he, he, you know, the least amount of games that he started in a season in the past since 2012 was 22 games last year. Um, and I'll take that. I'll take this that too. I'll yeah, this day and too. age, I'll take that. I got to look at how he's done in the playoffs because the Nats have gone to playoffs. He's the. I think he has the most strikeouts at this age or whatever. Like at 1,645 strikeouts, I think that's the most of any pitcher at this point in their career. He he's one yeah, hundred. So, I know I'm not a big wins game uh, wins person, but he has a one hundred nine and fifty seven record for his career. Whenever you get a chance. Look at his splits when he won a game versus when he lost a game. Oh, God. I don't want to. Okay. His postseason stats are pretty freaking good. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. If he opts out. Okay, so I'm going to turn this about the Yankees again. Here we go. (laughs) Garrett Cole is a free agent, and if Strasburg opts out, Strasburg is a free agent. Uh, You're Brian Cashman. You have to get a starting pitcher or you're going to get eaten alive by the Yankee fans. Who do you get? Between Schottsburg and... And Garrett Cole. I'm taking... Oh. <laughs> uh, I think... I might have to go with Garrett Cole. I think I am too. <laughs> it's just so... It's just. It would be so typical of the Yankees to sign Schottsburg and him to have to undergo like surgery. Yeah. Because he gets injured and- all the time. And now Garrett Cole has the tricks from uh, from Houston. They're doing something down there. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it just sucks that nobody's really left that team except for Charlie Morton. I mean, he's he's carried it with him, too. Mm-hmm. They're doing like, something. I, There's no doubt in my yeah. mind. Are you looking at his baseball reference? Stratzbergs? No, uh, Garrett Cole's. Uh, no, but I could imagine he has a lot of bold spread around. Since joining the Astros, yes. And this yeah. is the one that stands out to me. This, this is his strikeouts per nine. And then we have to talk about other sports. Um, <laughs> this is his strikeouts per nine in his first five seasons with Pittsburgh. 7.7, 9.0, 8.7, 7.6, That's in Pittsburgh. He goes to Houston. He has a 12.4. And now he has a 13.1 strikeout per nine ratio. Prior to coming to Houston, the most he had struck out in a single season was 202 batters. Since joining the Astros, he struck out 276 last year, and he's at 238 this year. Something's going on in, in Houston. 
Yeah. And I would take Garrett Cole too because he, he he doesn't he seems to definitely not get injured as much as at least in the last three seasons. He's younger too. He is younger, yes. And he's an American League pitcher. I think that says something. Yeah. Agreed. You know? That he the yeah, that he competes in the American League. He's he's shown that he could do it in the American League. And postseason experience. And he has the tricks now. That's most importantly. Yep. All right, that was your baseball segment. Let's move on to basketball. This is going to take maybe one minute. The Lakers signed <laughs> Dwight Howard. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Um, and originally what I wanted to do was to go through some of these tweets that I had seen on Bleacher Report from Lakers fans because they were making me crack up. I was I was watching them like on Saturday night, I think it was. Uh, but I, I think I'm not even going to bother. Let me, I'm listening to one right now. <laughs> Like I, I think the Ja Rule one is funny. The one with that that white girl, that one was pretty funny. Oh, the I guess not. Yeah, like wait, let me see if I can play this real quick. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> well. <laughs> Damn. Uh, play the Ja Rule one real quick. Here's the Ja Rule one. Dwight Howard to Lakers Nation. Here we go. Are we ready? The crowd is silent. I guess not. <laughs> if I was your rule, man, I would. <laughs> oh, I would have been so embarrassed, man. I would have like. I would definitely not done the show. <laughs> this one, this one was funny too. I mean, it's funnier if you watch them. But this was John Hamm when he hosted the the ESPYS. Um, and they have the camera fixed on on uh, on Dwayne Wade. We thought it would be nice to honor Dwight Howard by taking a look at his greatest moments as a Laker. So let's let's run that. <laughs> there was nothing. <laughs> Dwayne Wade is, is cracking up. It's pretty messy. See, but up. the fact the fact that they had the camera fixed on Dwayne Wade makes me think like, hey, we're gonna pen to you when when we talk about Dwight Howard. Yeah. We're gonna go to you directly. Oh my goodness. They're probably like, you know, you're you're pretty cool with Dwight Howard. He's not gonna get massy and you left, but we gotta show somebody a big, you know, big celebrityness laughing. And it, from I read somewhere that that him deciding to leave uh I think it was with Memphis, um he lost some money, and and they were going to cut him, which that that would have been a hit to them on their salary cap. But because he left on his own volition and signed with the Lakers, they're like scotch free. They don't have to worry about him at all. So, Jesus, it's fucking crazy. I just to be honest with you, for LeBron's sake, I hope that this works out. He's a big body. I would just say stay down there and grab rebounds and pass the ball. Listen. I hope this works out for LeBron too, because I am a LeBron fan at the end of the day. But does the does do the Lakers and LeBron really need the Dwight Howard show to join them there? I, I mean, not. you already got you already got Rondo. I think mm-hmm. is he still on the team? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. LeBron, Anthony Davis. Now you're gonna add Dwight Howard. The guy just attracts like negativity lately in in his in his career. Anthony Davis is going to attract negativity for wanting, you know, forcing the Pelicans to trade him. 
Mm-hmm. LeBron already has like that, you know, all the stuff that LeBron comes with. Does, do they really need Dwight Howard, man? Like, I feel like he's gonna just bring unnecessary attention. Yeah, he's so LeBron. Yeah. Rondo is still with the Lakers. Yes. Yeah, I it don't just know. doesn't. I don't know, man. I, I I feel like, I mean, real like talking in all seriousness. Yeah, Dwight Howard at one point was one of the more dominating players in the mm-hmm. NBA, but has not been that. No, and and the the fall, the, his fall from grace happened like really fast. Yeah, every, as soon as he joined the Lakers. Yeah, and whatever happened that off season too. What this off season? Uh, there was some controversy surrounding whatever happened with him before he signed with the Lakers, and then he was a bust, and they he, they got rid of him like within one year. Yeah, it was bad. It was a disaster. All right, that was NBA. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NFL real quick. The big story is Andrew Luck, but I just want to touch on something as a Giants fan. Um, Daniel Jones. At, so, full disclosure, I haven't watched a single preseason game this year because preseason is bullshit, and the Giants have sucked. So, I'm kind of down on football lately. But I was listening to a talk show, and they were praising Daniel Jones, you know, praising his graces, and, and they were talking about how Shermer – it's kind of gloating a little bit because they said they thought that he was having a bad offseason, but it's turning out that his draft picks are panning out, especially mm-hmm. the, the Daniel Jones draft pick. So I pulled up his stats. In the preseason, he's 25 for 30, 369 yards, two touchdowns, and a 140.1 QBR. Um, in looking at pictures of him, he looks exactly like Eli Manning. Um, and <laughs> the question was, do the Yankees is there Yankees is there a possibility that the Giants decide to let him start the season or do you think Eli is just going to start? I think Eli is definitely going to start, and I I I think Eli is going to be given a chance of like you know good eight games maybe until they bench him. Okay. Yeah, I believe Eli is going to start. They can't do Eli like that, man. They already did him like that in the past, and I agree. I don't think they'll do it again because well. He has talking about when they benched the him. Yeah, talking about that, when they benched him that one yeah. game. I mean, that was more. That was more Ben McAdoo, right? That fucking asshole. Yeah, that slick haired bastard. That piece of shit. Where that guy. Uh, I think he's. I, I saw him send out a tweet, and I know he wasn't doing anything like NFL related. Okay. When they traded Odell or something, but uh, now nah, I mean, you know what it is though. Like it is the preseason, and those numbers are impressive. But it's the preseason. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. And the worst thing you'd want is for him to, you know. Uh, start game one having Eli there. See, because when the Jets let Sam Darnold start, who was who was the backup? Like there was nobody, nobody. there. Yeah. So the fact that you know Daniel Jones could start a game and you know just shit the bed and not do not perform, mm-hmm. having Eli there, like you're gonna hear people say like, I can't believe the Giants started this guy over Eli or something. Yep. You know, like if Sam Darnold should you know shit the bed when he started. They wouldn't have anything really to com- to compare him to or to complain about, you know. Like that's their rookie quarterback. I wonder. So no, so no I don't think Daniel Jones is starting at all. I wonder if this, in any uh, in any way, shape, or form, lights a fire under Eli's ass. Although I don't know, I don't know if that's even possible. But um, if if he starts the season all guns blazing, like if he all of a sudden turns into a completely different quarterback. From what I hear is that the offensive line's gotten a lot better, right? Yeah, that's what I've been hearing too. So who knows if that's I mean, that was the knock on that's for anybody that was defending Eli last year, that was the biggest knock that he didn't have any good pr- protection. 
So now that he will have good protection, I mean, it's already like two years too late or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now that he now that he does have good protection, who knows if that's all he needed? I still don't think Eli's like a horrible, horrible, you know, talent. I still think no. he could throw the football if given enough time. So I don't, th- I don't either. But I, but he's not what the NFL is today, and he's not obviously he's not Tom Brady, but he also doesn't have the supporting cast that Tom Brady has either. But um. I think that yeah, I think that it's it, he's gonna he has to retire sometime soon. I don't think I think after this season he's done with the Giants. He'll go somewhere else and he's gonna fade off into the sunset on another organization. Um, but when you talk when you yeah. talk about the cast Tom Brady has though, like who does he really have that, that the that the Patriots don't turn into? I mean, any, anybody oh, okay, they, they bring into that team, the system that that team has, nobody else in football does that. I mean, they talk. Yeah, about, I was gonna say. They talk about that team changing systems like week to week and their players have to like study the the fucking playbook like every single day. And if they don't study yeah. it properly, they don't care who it is. They cut them. It's hey, you, said Bill, you said Bill Belichick. I thought you were going to say like the talent that he has. I'm like besides Gronk and Gronk in his prime maybe. But like who did he really have, you know? Yeah, right. I Yeah. No, I again, I agree with you. The only time that I remember Tom Brady having an elite receiver or somebody other than, Gron- than Gronkowski – it was Randy Moss, and Randy Moss yeah. was on the decline when he came to the to to the Pats, and all of a sudden he was, you know, him and and Brady paired up for like fifty TDs or some shit. Like, it's crazy. Um, Tom Brady's the yeah, goat. I think I think Daniel Jones. I think they drafted this kid. He had he had experience. He wasn't like one of these rookie. You know, he came in his freshman year, lit up the scoreboard. I think his his college team had a losing record. He has the experience. He has the poise. I think if he can fit into the system, it looks like he can. He's NFL ready for sure. Um, but I think they start with Eli. They see where the season goes. If they're you know after week eight, if they're you know one and seven, two and f- two and two and six or some shit like that, I think Daniel Jones comes in. If they're five hundred or better, I think Eli finishes the season, and then they say goodbye. And and Daniel Jones starts the year in twenty twenty one with the Giants. Mm. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Either way, it's exciting. It's making me want to watch football again. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right. Good luck with the, that, man. Yeah. You deserve it. You deserve a good a good football season. <laughs> do you want do you want to talk bills? You want to talk anything about anything about the nope. bills going on? You want to talk about good? I do not want nope. Before I jump into Andrew Luck, I spoke with someone this past week and I'm gonna give a shout out to Frankie because he said he listens to the podcast. And he watches hard knocks. So remember last year I said I mean last week. I had mentioned that maybe there's a conspiracy theory with HBO Hard Knocks and Antonio Brown's situation. He says he watches it week in and week out. And he said that in the show, it is openly spoken about what the helmet issue is with Antonio Brown. And what he claims they say in the show, I haven't watched it, is that Antonio Brown is using the helmet as a as a scapegoat for whatever's happening with his foot. And that apparently... Um, uh, Gruden so, has praised him for doing that on the show. Oh, so you're saying like the real issue is his foot, but he doesn't want that to come out. I guess so. That's what it sounds like. So he has, so he hasn't practiced yet. And that's the thing. Last week I had talked about how I had seen conflicting reports where people are saying that he's not practicing, but then John Gruden on ESPN said that he was practicing, but as soon as the helmets were to come on, he walked off the field. So I don't know. I, I don't watch the show, so I'm, I'm not sure. But it sounds like 
the foot issue hasn't been resolved yet, and he's using the helmet as a scapegoat or whatever. Damn. I don't know. I didn't know I'll that have, at all. I haven't I haven't watched Hard Knocks though because I don't have HBO anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I have HBO Go. I use somebody else's account. Don't take it away from me, HBO. Um, but anyway, I wanted to throw that out there because I don't know if you had heard something about that. So here's no, the big I haven't story. Heard anything about that. The big story is Andrew Luck. At age 29, I think I've drafted him in the last two NFL uh, fantasy leagues that I'm a part of, and uh, but I retired this year officially. I'm not doing NFL fantasy. I can't do it anymore. He's, he signed a, a five-year contract in 2016 worth $122 million. He was set to make nine, uh, $9.125 million as a base plus a $12 million bonus this season. Then he was going to make $11 million as a base and an $11 million dollar bonus next season. Andrew Luck has decided that he's going to retire. Hello. Yep. This certainly isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this. Uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life. Uh, but it is the right decision for me. Uh, for the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury pain, rehab. Uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season both in, and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it, and the only way I see out uh, is, is to, to no longer play football. Uh, it's, it's taken my joy of this game away, uh, and uh, this. Then he starts, he breaks down, uh, starts to tear up and stuff, and he continues. Um, this is pretty shocking to to. One, that he's walking away from so much money and that he's 29 years old and deciding that he's going to walk away from football. And before I have so I have a theory about this, too. But before I get into that, it's it speaks to in my mind, it speaks to the state of football currently. Yes, it's the number one sport in America. It gets the most rating of anything. Um, It's it has the most money, so on and so forth. But recently, a study was conducted um, showing what kids are playing most of um, in terms of sports. And it turns out that basketball is the number one sport that kids are turning to. Then it's baseball and football's down the list. Kids don't want to play football anymore. Um, now you have a superstar like Andrew Luck, who some you could argue when he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football, maybe the best quarterback in football. He's walking away from the sport. It shows to me. It shows that football is is currently in a good position, but it's not looking good for the future. Um, I don't know if you have a take on this or how you feel about the retirement or whatever, but that's kind of how I feel about this right now. That's that's the first thing that popped into my mind is football is in, is in, is in trouble in the future if this is happening. You really think so? I think so, man. I really do. I mean, think about I mean, boxing. Think about boxing. It was it was the number one event. For years and years, for decades, and um, nobody wants to box, and nobody wants to take these blows to the head and 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 do this shit anymore. You know what I mean? There's 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 other options out there. And so you and, think that? And why would you play football when you could pick up a basketball and play anywhere? You know what I mean? So you think like the level of talent that we? I mean, the thing is that I feel like is that ever gonna go? You're right because it did happen in boxing. 
but is it ever going to go away? Like, do we, we think we'll ever we, we think we'll ever see the downgrade in talent if the level of talent is going like the bar will be set somewhere. You'll still have like your all time greats performing, but you'll still have like the rest of the league that's like in the averages. You think we'll you think we'll notice that wave of talent leave? I think that there's always going to be talent because you know, I, you know, like in baseball, like baseball is is in terms of popularity, it's at a low right now. Although the future looks good because kids are playing it and they want to play it, um, but there's still a tremendous amount of talent. So I think that there's still going to be talent there, and I think that it's going to be healthy because of the gambling aspect of it. I think that football is very popular now because of gambling and because of fantasy sports. I don't think it's because of the content. I mean, I know that I said that I'm biased because I really love baseball, but we've spoken about this in the past. Go to a live football game. The only thing fun about a live football game is is the is the the tailgating prior to it. Other than that, a live yeah, football right. game sucks. There's nothing yeah, fun right. about it. It's um, not like baseball. It's not like baseball. It's not like basketball. It's not like hockey for sure. Um, I just I think that there's there's gonna be a ratings decline. I think there's gonna be money being taken away from the sport, and I think that I think that the the popularity of the sport isn't gonna isn't gonna stay as high as it's been. And I think that it's it's been shown over the last few years that it, it is it is losing in popularity. And some mm-hmm. of it is is the Kaepernick thing. Some of it is Donald Trump and all this stuff. But I think most of it is people don't want their kids playing the sport. Uh, it's starting to turn into like a rated R event. Like, like I know some families who don't want their kids to watch it because of some of the hits that these players take. It's getting a lot of negative press. Um, I personally have no problem with it. I think it's it's a game, and that's just what the game entails. But you know, I don't know. It, it's don't you think it's weird for a guy this age to retire with so yeah, much feel, money on the table? Yeah, I feel bad for him too because I always know I always felt like Andrew Luck played like he gave it all he all he had kind of like i never pictured him being like a player that was like greedy or like took nights off or whatever so i just feel really bad for him because the way that he says like the state of you know where i was originally in 2016 or 17 whenever he suffered that injury where he missed like a season he said it was like hell for him it was like hell so i can't blame him for not wanting to go through that and for people that kind of booed him they, they need to realize like look how much money he's leaving on the table like do you really think he wants to do that or do you really think that he planned to kind of like screw everybody over with like weeks before the season? Right. When they had all this like, you know, good projections going into the season and stuff. So just that alone should tell you that he really, really like is will might hang himself if he has to go through all that again. Exactly. And not not just that, too. But think about what he's gone through already. Like they, they did not do anything to protect this guy for all those years. He was taking some vicious hits. Like, I don't have the stats right in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure he led the league in sacks for, like, multiple years. Um, well, yeah, I'm looking at the numbers now, and I have a I have an interesting thought about this. So, he started in 2012. He started 16 games, 16 games, 16 games. I'm pretty sure he was getting hit all this time, and I'm looking at the numbers. 41 sacks his rookie year, which is – it wasn't lead, lead, lead. That's a lot of sacks. League. Yeah, it is a lot of sacks. <laughs> 41 32 yeah that's what i was gonna say i just want to say it was in league leading 41 32 27 15 41 2016 and uh okay 18 last year so eight th- that was crazy improvement for him to only got intact 18 times last year but yeah. what i mean is like he started every game 
first year, second year, third year. Then he missed some time. Uh, then he came back, missed the whole year. Then he started every game last year. But what I'm wondering is, like, Eli Manning didn't have an O-line last year, and he always seems to avoid injuries by just getting rid of the ball. Do you yeah. think players just need to, like, start being more like Eli Manning? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But but I think that th- that their offensive line was, like, I think it was it was I, again I'm not a football expert, but it was being discussed as like almost like irresponsible, the type Ooh. of offensive line the Colts had. Um, and just looking at his stats, aside from his aside from his uh, his 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 sacks, he had 23 touchdowns, 23 touchdowns, 40, 15, 31, and 39 last year. Uh, his completion percentage is a 60 percent, 61 percent completion percentage. He has a career. He averages around, I would say, somewhere between sixty-five and seventy QBR. He's he's a, I mean, forty-five or oh, forty-six hundred yards last year, forty-two hundred yards a year before that. He's a really good quarterback. Um, but I, so here, so here's my theory. I don't think that this is permanent. I think that he's. Gonna get himself better this year. Take a year off, get healthy, and he's gonna come back next year. I, I would almost be shocked if he didn't return next year. What I mean, I don't think I he returns to the Colts, but I think he returns next year. Can I ask you why? Why? Okay, so why do you think he's gonna return? I just don't. I, a player of this caliber, twenty nine years old, he could play for another six, seven more years at this level. Um, why would you? I mean, and if you. You would imagine that he loves the game. He just doesn't want to go through the turmoil. The the like he he said at one point the whole he said it was pain, injury, recovery, or whatever that that was the process for so long that he can't do it anymore. Um, he's you. I don't know. You would imagine how could how could you just leave like that? You know, I didn't. I'm not a football. I'm probably less of a football expert than you are, right? And strictly from my experience in playing Madden NFL, right, my experience playing Xbox 360 Madden and PS4 Madden, all that stuff, Calvin Johnson retired the same way, except that he, I don't think he ever suffered such a big injury like Andrew Luck did where he missed a year. I, I, I would have to pull up the stats, but I feel like Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer where Andrew Luck is not a Hall of Famer yet since he retired. And I don't see why he would come back if he can just as easily do that without retiring. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. But maybe like the retire could, maybe the retiring was to end the relationship with the Colts. Maybe there's something there. Why not just why not just demand a trade like everybody else does? That's a good point. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you because that a lot of people think he's gonna come back, but I just don't see why he wouldn't just you know, come back on his own terms. I don't think anybody can force him to come back. He, the doctors wouldn't clear him. And did, did Calvin Johnson leave money on the table? I mean, he left potential money on the table. He was, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game, for sure. Yeah, he was 30 um, when he retired. I'm looking yeah. at it now. He was 30 when he retired, and he was a monster. <laughs> he was a monster, man. He was a beast. Uh, I, my I don't know. On my fantasy team one year, too. I uh, don't know what... I don't know what he left on the table, to be honest with you. He retired in 2015. I, I, I was I was keeping up with football less back then than 
than I would now. But still, man, I don't know. I guess I just don't. Uh-huh. I don't recall ever seeing a player under contract walk away from the game like that. And it was like, it was like during the game that the reports came out. So yeah, there was just something weird, something weird about the whole situation. Like I feel like there's more to it than what we're seeing on the surface. What a shocker, man! I remember when he got drafted. The yeah. RG three also followed. Crazy man, crazy, and you know he followed in line with with uh, Peyton Manning, and then you 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 saw that and you were like, holy shit! Like the Colts are gonna be in good shape, but then he was getting fucking creamed, man. I remember him. I just remember seeing him take some hits, and I was like, fuck. But you're right. Yeah. Maybe maybe he wasn't getting rid of the ball soon enough or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is on him. But it's it's. I mean, what I mean is like when 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 a rushing quarterback gets injured because they're running all the time and getting hit. There, people say, why doesn't this guy slide? Why doesn't he go out of bounds? Yeah. Why doesn't he get rid of the ball? You know, before he gets hit or something, and then it's right. it's kind of falls on them. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but I'm just it's funny. Like I, I, it's weird how Eli Manning has managed to avoid like those types of hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Manning took some hits too. I mean, I, I remember I think it was against the Packers in the post. It was like one of the years that they won the Super Bowl. He was like bleeding. He was taking such vicious hits. Um, and at that time, the, the O line was good enough. But he's he's a pocket quarterback. He just stood there, and I know that Luck is for the most part a, po- a pocket co- quarterback. But I, I I recall seeing him running around. Maybe maybe he just I don't know. Maybe he just it's like Brett Favre. He just didn't want to get he he didn't want to just give up on a play. I don't know. I don't know. Kudos to him though. I I I can't understand why people are shitting on him or why he got booed when he was walking off the field. It doesn't make any sense to me. For someone to make this kind of decision, like you said before, it had to be weighing on him, and it it can't be easy for somebody to just walk away from the game like that. Um, yeah. So good for him. I hope that I hope that we get to see him again. But if not, like, I don't know if I could walk away from that much money. But you know, good for him for for putting himself ahead of you know a stupid game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I find it so funny all the memes that came out of this, like NFL fan, like fantasy fantasy football owners after Andrew Luck retired. It's like all those memes that came along with oh, it. Oh man, yeah. And there there was a funny one where it was like, "Oh, this commercial." I follow this really funny IG called Freezing Cold Takes, mm. where it's like people make these hot takes, but they end up take they end up being cold takes because it, it, the complete opposite happens. Yeah. Like it'll it'll be like. My sources are telling me that Kawhi Leonard is definitely returning to to Toronto, and you know he ended up going to to the Clippers or whatever. But the, yeah, there's yeah. this really funny one with it's like a direct TV commercial about like getting the NFL package, and it's a Colts fan like and Andrew Luck doing like best friend stuff. Like the like it came out this year that commercial. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Um, all right, play so fantasy football. I play fantasy. I'm glad I retired because I probably would have drafted Andrew Luck again. Um, yeah, he would have been a safe bet. I love the guy, man. I think he's a really good quarterback. He's ugly as hell, but he's a good quarterback. Uh, not that I love him <laughs> that way. <laughs> but when I when I was watching him, the, the video of him uh, when he retired and he announced it to the media, he's just like a weird looking dude, man. He has a lot of hair everywhere, and but he's bald yeah, almost yeah. on top. He's a strange looking guy. He is a strange-looking guy, and the, it was so awkward. He's like, "That's not how I imagine doing this." But I, I am retiring. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <man>. there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> See ya. Take care now. Bye bye then. Um. All right, ladies and germs. I think that's it. I think that's all I got. 
on the sport. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nah, man. Um, that's all I got. All right. Don't forget to check out our Friday episode. We're going to talk about Ace Ventura. Uh, and like I always say, please, please, please take two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Um, that's all I got. Sete. Take care now. La paz esté con usted. Y con su espíritu. Uh, Alright, peace. Damn, man. Peace. I just brought God into this. <clears throat>